you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast does not tolerate seven and nine bull****. <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Oh, it's great to be back. And you know I check in on the show when I'm not here. Uh, for the reasons why, you know, you can look at them as, as positive or negative reasons, um, you know, toward me. How do you view me? Why? How would I look at the show that I wasn't sitting on? You know what I mean? Well, how? OK, how? But I look critically with a critical eye because the old Zeus is not involved. No, I just want to listen to it because I know Colleen's going to do a great job sitting in which she did. And I needed to be caught up on the NFL because I was a little bit out of pocket this weekend. And that was the first time I got to really experience it from that standpoint. And another great show. You guys are very talented podcasters. Of the group, you know, if you listen to the whole thing, whose analysis did you find the weakest? <laughs> Why would you go there? Why not at least spin it positive? Well, I think right? I want to hear as an outsider's you know, point of view. Fair question. You I will save outsider. that answer. This is a tease in the industry to the end of the show. Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm going to stay tuned. <laughs> the Tuesday edition of the Around the NFL podcast, sponsored uh, and presented by exclusively uh, Mr. Flame's economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands. Mr. F. And thank you, of course. You want to know how great of a sponsor Mr. F is? How how great was he's out there beating the bushes trying to find more corporate sponsors for us. Little does he know that we're just happy with our uncorporate sponsor. All we ever needed and wanted was someone that cared about us, and now we have Mr. F. Mr. F. Yeah, I mean the stark contrast between Mr. F, who is a teacher in the Hague, and our own sales department is one word: organization, <laughs> and a second word: determination. Very fair. <laughs> Very fair. So we're very happy. And um, today's show uh, will be uh, chock full of goodness. Uh, the Monday night football recap between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers. Uh, we'll hit some news. There's a fair bit of news to get to. Um, we will listen. I can't say for sure, but I think today is the day we have our final decision uh, for a team of ATL. In fact, I'm going to say it. We're either picking a team or we're not picking a team today. It ends here. A lot of people speculated or or criticized, oh, things have you know degenerated into farce a little bit. I don't think so. <laughs> I th no, this is going to be entirely organic today, and there will be a vote. Yeah, there will be a vote, absolutely. We want to get it right, and we're going to get right. it right. And if we, if we don't pick a team, then one of us will be ritually sacrificed. <laughs> That's probably the person that uh, just said that. And then finally, yes, we'll hit up uh, the Thursday night preview as we uh, peek ahead to week six. Uh, an interesting AFC West matchup between the Denver Broncos and San Diego Chargers. So a lot to get to. Very exciting, Wes, uh, in our uh, State of the Union address. What do they call it? The, the town hall for NFL Network today, which shadowy league figures do not allow us to talk about what was said in said town hall. But I will say that the security dude said – effective uh, immediately uh, you can no longer attach your security guard to your waistband with a one of these uh, what do you call these things <laughs> waistband attacher things you need to wear a lanyard and Wes like a good company man immediately uh, now wearing a lanyard the first in the group your thoughts well I forgot that I had it on and we did a video Right before this podcast, I forgot I was even wearing it the whole time. I kind of look like a dork. It's my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, there were there were people downstairs already like wagering on who would be the first on air personality to appear with their lanyard around their neck, uh, and it's Wes. Although we're not on NFL Network, so they'll never know that. But some people lost some money on that one. That might be the next uh, next round of win Wes's toaster. Might include that question. First one to wear the <laughs> lanyard inappropriately, which, by the way, is a very college freshman move to walk around campus with the lanyard around the neck. 
It is. And now we're all going to have to do that. Unless we rebel, Greg. Yeah, just don't even bother. See what happens. Come at me, security. All right. Let's, I like it. Let's uh, talk some Monday Night Football. Yes. In Charlotte, North Carolina, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveled uh, for a road game against the defending uh, NFC champions, a game that the, you would think the Panthers desperately needed a battle between two one and three teams. But this is football, guys, and you never know what can happen because without Cam Newton, who is still sidelined uh, with this concussion situation, uh, the Panthers were unable to really get the offense moving uh, until the second ha- half. And after Derek Anderson threw a costly, costly first and goal um, interception on a play-action pass, the Buccaneers got the ball at the end of the fourth quarter, marched down the field, and onto the field trotted Robert Aguayo. Aguayo? A young man, a second-round pick who had already missed three kicks. And with maybe his job on the line, and Jason Jason Lick, the GM, lighting down, chomping down on the fingernails, uh, attempted uh, a a 38-yard field goal with a chance to win the game, and it sounded like this. A 38-yard field goal attempt for Roberto Aguayo, rookie out of Florida State. Can he put it through the uprights? The ball is snap, a good one. The spot down, the kick is airborne. It is airborne. It's long enough. It is good. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have defeated the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte, North Carolina, 17-14. to Roberto Aguayo atones for two missed field goals. Nobody told Bucks me it was Roberto, not Robert. Thanks, have guys. knocked off the defending <laughs> NFC. I bet you would have told Colleen. There were a couple it. of issues to deal with there, and what? we just wanted to allow you to get through it. That was Gene Deckeroff. Oh. By the way, sounds like a Gene Deckeroff. I wish we had Sean WTA. McDonough had a great call on Monday Night Football. You've oh, been getting after him, but he was terrific on the Aguayo. He was excited about it. WDAE in Tampa uh, with the call. Um, Aguayo, Roberto Aguayo, who had been three of seven on the season before, makes that kick. Time expires. Set up, by the way, I think a little nod from the football gods towards Aguayo, who's going through a lot of stuff right now. Um, the face mask penalty that made a long field goal in that spot, a very makeable field goal, uh, 38 plus 15. Somebody can help me out with that. Killer flag, 53-yarder. Uh, 53 um, but the Bucks win, Wes, and a game the Panthers absolutely could not lose. They do. What's next for Carolina? Well, I think the Panthers, I think you can – Greg said this last night, come December, they're going to wish they had this game because they're going to need it. And they shot themselves in the foot so many different ways. Derek Anderson moved the ball. Greg Olson was wide open running through the secondary all game. It wasn't like they struggled for offense. They just struggled to hold on to the ball. Derek Anderson got caught going for the uh, the rushing third down conversion, fumbled it, and the next the next drive, the 81-yard drive ends at the one-yard line when he throws an interception on first down. Giving you flashbacks maybe. Mark, to Derek, that's Derek Anderson. Everyone always, like, we talk about Derek Anderson, one of the best backups in the league, but we saw why he's a backup. Yeah, well, I, I was sitting in a, at, my, at my laptop, was just about to tweet out, listen, the Browns should have just kept Derek Anderson from 2010 <laughs> until now. It would have been just as good as anything else. And I, I was just about to click send. Four seconds later, interception happens, delete tweet, and get out of there. I thought that was one of the worst play calls of the year, and I know you could say, well, the play call wasn't bad, but no, you got to know your personnel. Derek Anderson is is not a good quarterback. He's a fill-in for your MVP, and you just ripped off three straight runs of plus 10 yards. That's what's crazy. And you give the ball again to your back. You get in the end zone. You let him run it three times in a row if you have to. Get in from one yard out. Putting the ball in Derek Anderson's hands there was asking for disaster. Not even the worst play call in this game. Which one was that? Dark Cutter calling for a run to set up a long <laughs> Roberto Aguayo field goal on the missed field goal the, the drive before the game winner. The, the, the coaching in this game was driving me crazy. I, I wanted to write right after the game, but it seemed too mean-spirited. Dirk Cutter is going to be the first ever head coach Humble to get wreck. fired after a win. Because that was one of the worst coaching jobs I've ever seen. Ron Rivera and Cutter went back and forth trying to out like blow this game. Cutter wanted no part of that field goal drive, by the way. The only reason that they scored is because Ron Rivera kept taking timeouts and forced them 
to not just run out the play clock. He had no faith whatsoever in Jameis Winston, who did not have a good game. But, oh, by the way, had a couple great third-down throws on that drive to win the game. Ron Rivera's timeout was was totally insane. And the, the fact that right after they ran the ball, to set up that long Aguayo that didn't fail. He did the same thing again with 40 seconds left in timeouts. He had plenty of time to move it down the field, and they were ready to just set it up for another 53-yarder by Aguayo. It, it was wild. Cutter has done this week after week. He, he has been one of the worst coaches in terms of late-game management in the league. This was, this was a throwback game to, like, the 1970s before kickers were reliable. You don't see games in the NFL now where a 50% kicker causes coaches to do things differently. Or one coach is worried about his kicker and quarterback. The other one is worried about his quarterback, but has a bizarre faith in his defense. Mm. I don't know why Riverboat Ron thought he had last year's defense. He took it on third and four. That's not that tough of a down. They they were going to overtime before he took that timeout. Watching Roberto Aguayo kick is... Roberto Aguayo. Aguayo kick is kind of like when you're stuck in a large conference or maybe if you if you, it's a church on Sunday or it's a, some speaker where the speaker is struggling and you are just waiting and hoping that they don't continue to fumble over their words and have a disastrous time as they're starting to sweat more and more. And you're, I couldn't, cringing. You're, you're cringing. cringing and you're cringing. You're rooting for him. Yeah. You're not rooting against him. And it's just, you know, where he was drafted, it set up this anti-drama and this horrible situation for him early in the year. You're right, Wes. You don't see other kickers struggle like this and last on a team. And what do you do? I mean, let's say his struggles continue. Do you cut the second-round pick? Do I you, think you have to keep him on the roster and just sign another kicker. And then you make your special teams weaker or whatever. You weaken a, uh, the depth. You waste the, the roster it's, spot for a little while. I mean, he was like one of to. college's most accurate kickers. It's not, that he most ca- it's not that he can't. It's just that I think it, it's, it's got to be mental and you've got to see it through. And There's the a way, lesson here because who yes. thinks that he'd be doing this if he was a sixth-round kicker? No. The, no. It wouldn't be happening. There's a lesson here. Jason Light, when he drafted him, said, I like the way this kid is wired. You can't predict how how a kicker is going to handle this. Where do the Panthers go from here now? We got uh, their they have next, a tough schedule. Their next three games and their seasons on the line in the next four weeks. They have at New Orleans a game you would expect Cam Newton to be back for, but you you know we don't know for sure. Uh, then they have their bye, and then they have a uh, a matchup at home against Arizona, and then at L. A. Um, so not a cake cakewalk, and then you have KC in New Orleans after that. But they need okay, it's to not find, too bad. They need to they need to find a win a uh, way to win two of these next three games at the bare minimum. Uh, kiss your season goodbye if you don't do that. Well, this this game showed it's not just about the secondary, and it's not just about missing Cam Newton because the Bucks are a broken team missing their top two running backs, including the key to their offense, Doug Martin, missing four of their best five defensive linemen. And they weren't that good before missing all those players. So it's not about Cam Newton missing this game. Jaquiz Rogers ran all over them in the first half. They set the tempo. The Panthers defense from a year ago would have never let that happen. It's another another reminder that that we were destroying Connor Orr, our co-writer last week, Mm -hmm. for his power pole where he buried the Panthers. It is our group power poll that is beginning to look rather foolish. I thought I don't know if we destroyed Connor. Or we were more just in awe of him. I like to hype it up and make it sound <laughs> like Connor's pulled a massive his, comeback. His anti, he has. His longtime anti Panthers belief is really coming home to roost right now. But, but you know, if we, he did pick against them incorrectly fifteen times last year, so eventually <laughs> he was going to be right. It's finally coming home uh, for the old Orr man. Dave Gettleman is one of the best GMs in the league. But he's put all of his resources into the defensive line. Mm. Hog mollies and blue goose pass rushers that he loves. And their leading sacker is a benched safety named Trey Boston, who has two sacks this year. Kwan Short not playing well. Wow. Uh, that's it for the Monday Night Football Talk. Let's do some news. You doubt the powers of the great kazoo? That's a reference to a cartoon from uh, Wes and Mark's youth. Let the audience, uh, you know. I don't know what that is. It's uh, Flintstones like from the 60s, but we saw it on reruns. Nice attempt at ageism. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Mark is one year older. Oh, happy birthday, Mark. Officially. Since Mark's we birthday last on Monday. Talked, been, I mean, I barely we, observed it. Tell us what happened on your birthday. <laughs> Hung out with the kids and the wife. Had a nice time, but very low-key and not observing not observing it in general. you have a couple glasses of wine to Sure. Yeah. 
I don't Are need a bir- I don't need a birthday for that. But I mean, Are you fly? Did, did you go flying? No, it was it was a we call it a low key evening. Uh, around the homestead fireplace. You said you were enjoying how ugly and bizarre this Monday night game was. Uh, this was the be- the first good, so bad it's good game of the year. It was fun. Watch the end of it, yes, and it was a hideous affair. Uh, let's do some news. We'll start with the San Francisco 49ers, one of the very worst teams in the NFL. Uh, they've finally decided to make a change at quarterback uh, amidst a four-game losing streak with Blad- uh, Blaine uh, Gabbert uh, starting Chip Kelly announced that Colin Kaepernick uh, will be the team's starter in week five. Kelly announced this on Tuesday. Uh, Kaepernick uh, said, quote, I'm excited and ready to go. Uh, Blaine Gabbard, on the other hand, not happy. His quote, it sucks. I don't like it. Uh, Greg, he doesn't like it, but he can't be surprised, can he? He probably is surprised because he believes that he's better than Kaepernick. All reports have indicated that he's outplayed him in practice. And you don't get to where you are being Blaine Gabbert unless you have a lot of belief in yourself. But if you know, he looks at the cold, hard facts in terms of his yards per attempt, 5 per, 5.9 and how many open receivers, you just got to give it another shot. At least we've seen Colin Kaepernick do something at the NFL level. Uh, we're all... We've we've seen enough of Blaine Gabbert. We're right. fed up with him, and in a month we'll feel the exact same way about Colin Kaepernick. Probably. I don't know why anybody is acting like this was a move that was so common sense that Chip Kelly should have done it a month ago. No. Gabbert, he lost his job to Gabbert last year around this time. A guy with a 5-22 and 22 record. He lost his job to that guy. Then he lost his job to him this summer again. There's no reason to believe that Colin Kaepernick is some savior here. I think he, he, he wasn't the around. The powers the of the great kazoo. <laughs> he was around in the summer. Here, here's the reasoning why. If you want a reason why, he obviously wasn't physically right last year. That's three surgeries in the off season speaks to that. But then that opens up a whole other. What about all uh, of his mental problems playing last year when he didn't see open receivers? There was a one play at the goal line where the guy's wide open and he never even sees him. That has nothing to do with his physical ability. But perhaps the surgeries coupled with uh, a new perspective. I mean, what do you have to lose? I I thought the Blaine Gabbert, maybe he earned the job to start the season, but he was always Blaine Gabbert, one of the most notorious draft busts uh, ever in the last 20 years. He's the 35th ranked PFF quarterback, and he deserves it because – a lot mo- any most of his bigger plays outside of outside of getting up 14 nothing on the Cowboys a couple weeks ago where he made a couple of nice passes Gabbert does fundamentally incorrect things on on short screen passes and and so throws to running backs it, absolutely I agree with Kaepernick but I I think that Gabbert effectively worked himself out of the job and this is bad right. teams when you're floating and you're trying to do anything to sh- kind of shift the tide that's so the quarterback switch happens I don't think Chip Kelly is going to sit around and tell everyone that Colin Kaepernick is the guy from 2012 anyone he said that's the watching opposite, actually yeah he he said he's not the same guy but here yeah. here's why I think there is just a tiny bit of hope. We haven't seen him with Chip Kelly. We saw him with Jeep Christ and Jim Tom Sula. And there's no talent around, you know, Kaepernick or any 49ers quarterback, so it's going to be hard. But I'd like to see him with Chip Kelly. To me, that's a different equation than it is with Jeep Christ. And I know it was just the preseason, but he had that one game that he had after. He had one drive. He first made a statement. What about he the had game a couple before nice that? Drives. He, he, he was abysmal. Well, you said he was there in the summer, but he didn't practice fully all OTAs. No, the preseason camp, is the summer, Greg. But it's mi- August. He missed a couple weeks in the preseason, too, with an injury. He, that's but he one was of, there. But that's one of the reasons that Gabbert absolutely dug in and got this job early is because he was with his teammates right. through all of o- OTAs and everything else, and, and Gabbert half, was not able Gabbert to participate. was hurt for half time. a training camp. He, he but I, I would, one thing is I think the next thing is if this doesn't work, it's not just, hey, let's see him in Chip Kelly's offense. I think Chip Kelly's offense – is not the spectacle it was when it was right. unknown a couple of years ago. It has been figured out by defenses, and that's not a huge advantage for Kaepernick. Let's move on, guys, to another team uh, dealing with some offensive issues. The Baltimore Ravens, who after a 16-10 loss to the Redskins on Sunday, made the decision to part ways with their offensive coordinator. Mark Tressman has lost his job. Uh, the former Bears head coach and now the former Ravens offensive coordinator let go uh, Marty Morninwig, um a uh, a lifer as an assistant coach takes over um, what would be known as a battlefield promotion. Mm. Morning way. Yes. I don't see. Do you want us to really annoyingly say that? What morning way? Morning way. Oh, I go with Weg. It's way. 
Well, he doesn't. I believe it's it's silent. I've anyway. never heard it pronounced morning. Am I crazy? I, I've always heard it with the G. Now I really wish we didn't go down this path. Yeah. Well, I, we, we got to keep that in the show. Uh, Chris Wessling, you uh, were especially critical of Tressman's play calling in our Sunday show, proof that I will listen to it. Your thoughts uh, <laughs> on this dismissal? Rarely do you see a one-game play calling performance worthy of a dismissal. This is the exception. Yeah, fired. Let's go over some factors from this game. 50 dropbacks for Joe Flacco versus 18 handoffs for the Ravens. The Redskins were ranked 32nd against the run. Terrence West averaging 6.5 yards per carry since he was promoted to the starting lineup. The Ravens never trailed by more than six points in this game. Washington ranks 13th against short passes, 31st against deep passes. Nine players caught a pass for the Ravens. In that game, not one averaged more than 10 yards per catch, which is almost unprecedented. Not a single receiver averaged more than 10 yards per catch. That's the coup de grace. You, you can't even get 10 yards in a game against a bad defense. So that game alone, and then the fact that Joe Flacco two years ago averaged nine and a half yards per throw. Average depth of target. It's two yards fewer under Mark Tressman. That's not Joe Flacco's strength. It's not Mike Wallace's strength. It's not Brashad Perriman's strength. It's not the running game's strength. He's doing exactly opposite of what the personnel should dictate. And how about throw in the fact that, talk about self-scouting, you know, you've been talking up West. West has looked like the best running back for Baltimore for weeks and weeks, and they had him behind someone that they just released. Yeah. And this hasn't been just like a one-game trend. He has completed the fewest passes that traveled over 20 yards of any quarterback that's played every game this year. He's, he's hit five all year, so that's one a game. You look at the yards per attempt and the dink and dunks, the, the week before he threw 50 passes and, and didn't have much yardage. And so it it was a strange mix, I guess. Well, and we, we talked about it a little bit too. I think Mark Tressman has that reputation a bit as a professorial type that maybe that's not going to resonate with every player. That's not necessarily fair. He was put into this position. He is who he is, but Harbaugh's not afraid to fire people. He's shown that. Well, when we credit guys like Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick for adjusting to their players' strengths, yeah, and we we don't cite examples of the opposite, this is it. He tried to turn Joe Flacco into a guy who makes short short window throws, you know, 10 yards within the line of scrimmage. He's a gunslinger who attacks down the field off a of play action, and that's what they should be doing. Last time the Ravens fired their offensive coordinator, they went to the Super Bowl, and they won the Super Bowl. That was Cam Cameron back in December 2012. Jim Caldwell uh, was the OC, and he ended up getting a head coaching job eventually. Um, I don't think Marty Morton Way. I think it is Weg. It's I Wegg. take it all it's back. Wegg. Oh, jeez. Got to keep it in, though, because it, it, was, it, it was now ultra it, now awkward. It does have to get in. Marty hopes <laughs> was, to have a similar uh, run all the way to February football. We'll see how it plays out. Plays out. Speaking of the Ravens, here's a former Raven, uh, Justin Forsett, who rushed for 1,200 yards for John Harbaugh a couple of years back, uh, was released last week uh, after kind of falling uh, out of favor in their, in their offensive scheme. Uh, he has landed with the Detroit Lions, a team that certainly can use some help. Uh, rookie Dwayne Washington having some ankle issues. Uh, Theo Riddick really isn't that type of guy. And, of course, Amir Abdullah, we might, be, uh, we might have seen the la- last of him. He suffered a foot injury a couple of weeks ago. Mark, uh, good signing for Detroit or won't make a ripple? I think they absolutely just need someone in that backfield to start to take charge. You know, It's the last couple games when they've not had Abdullah in there. They're averaging about 65 yards per game on the ground. And I feel like Detroit, for years and years, post-Barry Sanders, has been one of these teams that just has struggled to find a running back that you can count on for year after year. It's always this, you know, hodgepodge, this committee. I like Theo Riddick, some of the things he does, but he's not a workhorse running back. So when you get the injuries they've had, Forsett is probably going to see work right away, a lot of it. Yeah, I think he'll be their early down back, and maybe he can average four yards per carry, maybe. They should never use him in the passing game because that has gone from a strength to a major weakness in his game over the last few yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, Riddick is a— And they have Riddick for that, yeah. Riddick, Riddick is a foundation guy for them. He's a guy who has a long-term contract. It, it, at what he does, he's one of the very best in the league, as Wes you know, put on his uh, best third and down backs. They just need someone to carry the ball, and I guess they're not uh, they're not into Zach Zenner and— Dwayne Washington. Washington's got to get healthy. 
moving on, let's talk some Cleveland Browns football. And their quarterback carousel continues to spin. Charlie Whitehurst, a favorite of the Around the NFL podcast. We would play Glycerine right now, but uh, we've been robbed of the right to do that. So just imagine uh, a Bush single from 1996 right now. Hmm. Okay. That was uh, fun. It's yeah. a rare time that actually not having the music might be good. <laughs> Bush is the worst. I saw Gavin Rossdale at a, a restaurant that Greg suggested my wife and I go to <laughs> and just connect the dots there. Maybe Gavin Rossdale also frequents this what? Thai restaurant or Korean restaurant, and one day there was some type of snafu about a table. No. And now this is no. I, war yeah. all coming together. No, I was just someone that watched uh, MTV all day. And when Machine Head came on, or whatever their first single was, which is the worst song ever. Everything was, Zen was, it was the first it was, single. It was terrible. Can't we get Bush. Patrick Kaganga to emulate Glycerine? Kagongo. <laughs> put it in our idea. put in our studio. Kagongo, our second floor guitar uh, whiz. By the way, Greg, an underrated foodie. Uh, he's he's rated. I mean, I Properly don't know if people rated. would know that. <laughs> well, all right. Not saying that we don't know that about him. But like, do we other need people to like, hand out lollipops? Greg doesn't like to acknowledge that he's a foodie. He calls his wife a foodie. Yeah. Well, well she, a, she was a chef. You know, that was that was her occupation. So that really brought me into the world of culinary delight. All right. So let's go down the list. <laughs> Spoken like delight. a true foodie. Wow. <laughs> culinary delight. RG3, one game. Josh McCown came in, one game. Cody Kessler after McCown. Is that correct, Mark? Yeah. One couple games. Chaz Whitehurst rolled in. Now he's done. Uh, he's been cut. Did I ever say that? He was been released by the Browns. And now is Kevin Hogan's turn. Is that correct, Mark? Well, it's his Keep turn. Up to date it, here. it sounds like Kessler will is on track to okay. play. And McCown doesn't sound like he's too far away from coming back. So they're, I think what they're saying is we'd rather have Kevin Hogan on the active roster than Charlie Whitehurst, too. Yeah, look, the only thing I said about Charlie Whitehurst during on Sunday was I would rather develop or even try or see a young quarterback on a team that's going to go about 1-15 than Charlie Whitehurst. There's literally nothing to know about Charlie Whitehurst. Right. He, and, you know, by the way, he hurt the team. The offense got a lot worse with him on the field. So, you know, there's no mystery around him. I, don't, he, I know you guys may find him entertaining. He was not entertaining yeah. me. Tell that to Jewel. No mystery. Nothing to find out about him. Those, How long has she been dating Those him? two have been learning about each other for How more than a year. And they keep, she keeps uncovering layers. How much mystery is left for Jewel and she, with uh, Charlie Whitehurst? You know who thought ever? he was a guy with layers? Uh, Nashville Magazine that listed him as one of the 50 <laughs> hottest uh, Apologies to that I publication. 2013. I think it was hottest 25. 25. Top Obviously, 25, that publication is searching for answers if that's where they need to go. There's only like 73 men in Nashville. And not to... <laughs> Nashville Heat against men there? What? It's nice to see little Kevin Hogan all grown up. Um, And not to belabor the point, but this seems especially like, wait, what's going on with Kevin Hogan? Doesn't he sound like a sitcom character from the 80s? Like a mixture between Kevin Arnold and well, the there kid was, from the Hogan family? There was the Hogan family. Yeah. There was the Hogan family yeah. with Sandy Duncan, uh, who had a glass eye. But Thanks for not trampling on my little... I, I didn't trample it. I just wanted to make sure it got its proper due and people can decide whether it was good or not. Thank you. We'll let the <laughs> public decide. But it, not to belabor the point, but all the, the, the carousel of sadness here uh, juxtaposed against the issue in Philadelphia with Carson Wentz. Oh, come on, enough of this, right? Well, it's a problem. I, I found a, a scout's note on Hogan, who is, you know, he won a lot of games at Stanford, but he's not seen as a pro-ready type quarterback. This is on our website and this is in quotes, some coach is going to fall in love with the person and bang on the table to take him late in the sixth or seventh? That's fine. <laughs> well, I think the Chiefs did take him in the fifth, right? And then they, yeah. cut, and they, and then cut, they cut him. They cut him. You know what? I like the idea of it. You never know where these guys are going to come from. Do it! <laughs> Wait, factory has been replaced by carousel? Well, the quarterback situation is the carousel. The factory oh, okay. is the larger Browns world. Harold. Yeah. yeah. Which is built on an Indian burial ground. This is all, there's a lot of layers to the narrative around the Browns. And they'll eventually win a Super Bowl, and it won't even be that satisfying. So I don't know what I'm doing. And by the way, point. I did predict the Indian. <laughs> this is your new thing. It is, because by the next day, it's like, got to go back to work. Everyone's like slapping on the back. Hey, that's cool. Your team won. And then like you still have real-life problems. Like I'm not eight years old. What, what am I doing all this for? Oh. Yeah. Well, I think – think- that's something that comes You're waiting up. for this magical moment from your childhood to be like hatched out of an egg, but there is no magical moment. Mark, we're all going to die anyway. I, 
listen, again, I feel out of place on this podcast <laughs> because when the Jets win the Super Bowl, God willing, in the next 40 years when I'm still alive, uh, that will be a magic. It's just moment. a self-defense mechanism. I will enjoy it too, I hope. Okay. You have to work. It's just not going to happen. We can speak to Ely about giving you the next day off. I think what you're hitting on, though, as, as you're growing older, you think about it maybe. What is – what is all this? Fa- is it going to be as satisfying as if you were sick? Oh, yeah, of I think about not. it. Of I have some answers, not. too. It's not going to be as satisfying. It could be more your satisfying. Life- I'll go the other way because the weight makes it more special. Yeah, but your life doesn't revolve around it to the same way it did when you were right. 17 and you didn't have a ton of interest. All right. Can we go on? I'm a diehard <laughs> fan of, of my sports teams. You guys are all jaded journos. What do you want from me? I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Jaded old men. Ray John. Moving on. Gary Kubiak will not coach. Uh, the Broncos on Thursday against the Chargers. Uh, he's dealing with complex mig- a, a complex migraine condition, which does not sound fun, uh, that announced by General Manager John Elway. So against the Chargers, we will not have Ka- Ka- uh, Kubiak on the sidelines. Instead, it will be special teams co- coordinator Joe DiCamillis. Uh, and I thought it would be Wade Phillips, son of Bun. So did I. But uh, apparently they decided to go with old uh, Sugarbug Joe. Joe D. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if that will play a, a big effect in the game, but it certainly could. I actually wonder if that isn't a smart decision because you can allow the strength of the team and the coach who directs that Wade Phillips to be completely unencumbered by other stuff. If you, you got to seal – if this is a one-week a thing, point. keep the defense in place. And obviously, like, they've got a lot of experience. That staff's got a lot of experienced well, dudes. What's the special teams coordinator have to do for 80%? Right. Well, that, that's basically right. what they said. They didn't want to take away from their jobs. And and it's a way that you try to get Joe DiCamillis' name out there. He's a guy who's interviewed for two head coaching jobs. Jolton Joe DiCamillis. So, so Coops yeah. is doing him a solid – Absolutely, because yep. Wade Phillips knows he's not going to be a head coach anymore. Joe, Gary Kubiak's trying to get this guy's name and get him and out there. He's Not go, many Coops. guys interview for head coaching jobs that are special teams coach. He's had a couple. And I don't want to um, you know, speak for a man's uh, physical uh, condition in life. I don't know what's going on with Gary Kubiak, but I do remember a few years ago he collapsed on the field at halftime when he was coaching the Texans. Uh, so that was a brain issue, as it turned out. Now he's got this complex migraine thing. Uh, you know, bro, you got your ring. You got everything. Well, uh, maybe you got to think about it at a certain point. Is is this a, a job for you at a certain point? I wonder if he will be a guy that steps away from the game sooner than uh, you would think because I, of this. The tension is, is that he's actually not that old. It's not 55. like we're talking. Right. So he's actually one of the he's, – yeah. he's right in the middle of the coaching ages. And it's the tension between wanting to get another ring, wanting to completely cement – your, you know, your whole career and have people look at you in a different way versus walking away. You know, and these guys, I'm surprised there aren't more coaches struggling with overt health issues with the hours and the stress they're under. It is he, one of the most unhealthy jobs in America. Kubiak is 55 years old with the hair of a nine-year-old boy. Just jet black. Sure, it's all natural. Finally, ch- the Chargers, members of the Chargers are unhappy with their kicker Josh Lambeau, after the CBS broadcast, um, minutes after uh, the botched field goal attempt that Lambeau never got a chance to kick, uh, the snap was mishandled, um, leading to another uh, crushing loss, uh, this time to the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Lambeau was captured uh, by CBS, kind of running after uh, Seabass, Sebastian Janikowski, uh, with a big grin on his face, and then they had another shot of... um, Josh Lambeau with a laughing with John Nikowski as he walked out of frame. And apparently this has led uh, to some tensions in the San Diego locker room. Mark, what did you see here? Did this bother you if you were a, a member of the Chargers or a fan of the team? Well, it happened after the game. And it kind of, if, if you watch the full broadcast of these games, there are countless players from the losing team going up to friends and coaches and former associates on the other team being good sports, frankly, and like the game is sucks, the ending sucked, but they're human at that point, and they're they're able to deal with it a little differently than some fans. So no, it doesn't bother me the way in the context of how it happened. It's because he's a kicker, exactly. Yep. It's because he's a kicker. Yeah. If it was any other position, they're not seen as the same as the other fifty-two guys in the roster. Bingo. And I, I see the point that if. If it's a repeat problem and somebody's not taking their job seriously or their loss seriously, everybody in the team should say something to them. But if it's a one-time thing and it's just after a game, I've played a lot of sports, and if I had a teammate 
come to me with an issue with that, there would be a confrontation. It, you don't get to tell me how to handle a loss. That's, There's no one right or wrong way, and you've got to be a self-centered jerk to think that the way you react to a loss is the only way that's acceptable. There's a um, there's a double standard at play here too because no one treats the kicker as a real member of the team, but then you want him to react in the same way as everyone else on the team. That a guy that played every play on defense at linebacker and uh, you know played his heart out and lost. So it, it's you know it's a tough life for kickers. Just what we talked about, Roberto Aguayo. It's a tough life for him. It's a tough life for the Lambinator. How about the yeah. how about the holder who blew blew that? And just before he dropped that hold, he had a 17 yard punt out of bounds that set up a Raiders <laughs> he touchdown. He was probably still in his head thinking about that chunk when he dropped the field goal. And here's one other bit about like going back to Wes's point. Um, Julio Jones after that crushing playoff loss a couple of years back. Uh, to was it the 49ers? Who this game he had 182 yes. yards and yeah. where he went nuts and they lost in the last play where um, it was a target towards Tony Gonzalez that didn't work out. He was not upset at all in the locker room and they asked him why. He said because I literally did everything I could. I have nothing to be ashamed of. It. I I did my part and it just didn't work out. Uh, guys react differently to losses. Some guys are gutted. Some guys they kind of uh, have a different way of looking. At and then they freak out if two head coaches don't shake hands after a game too. So it's like you know you can't please. There's no dynamic here that would please everyone. Okay, that's what's happening in the news. Okay, guys, let's do it. All right. Wow. It's time. I just crumpled up every piece of paper and threw it at Mark because it's time to settle this. Nothing personal, Mark. It just I got no. I liked it, but I was I was not prepared. Little caught off guard there. I apologize. Uh, It is the team of ATL decision time. Decision sixteen, and uh, it is down to two teams, folks. On one half. There's the studio audience here, by the way. Okay. Sydney, you know what we talked about? You got to get them in. You got to huddle them in. Like on the Price is Right, if you drive by CBS Studios in L.A. early in the morning, mm. you'll see all those people lined up at 5 a.m. You got to get them, huddle them, get them in here for the, the beginning of our segment. I'm sorry. My time management is real off today. All right. How about a, <laughs> We've a, noticed. a round of booze for Sydney on this one? <laughs> <laughs> see, that hurts doubly because she has to hit the button. Well deserved. But Sydney's also like, I'm yeah. on Rushmore, I'm untouchable. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. This um, is like the audience for the debates. There's lots of rules. Right. So, so watch rules. out, audience. Uh, but we encourage we encourage uh, applause and all that. Anyway, here we go. So the five and Minnesota Vikings, who are Mark Sessler's uh, who is Mark Sessler's nominee uh, for the team of ATL, yet another uh, great performance in week five, uh, where they're um, Defense especially really um, overwhelmed the opponent this time, the Houston Texans, a 31-13 win. And, uh, Mark, at this point, uh, as we now take this to vote, um, you have to be feeling very confident. There's nothing in your mind, or is there, that would lead you to have any doubts that this is the right team. Now 5-0, and the only undefeated team in the NFL. Well, the only issue would be if we keep – going and it sounds like we're not going or we're going to we figure this out go. today yes. that it's people I'm getting tweets oh the Vikings are too good this is a front runner team and it's like I, I I'll be honest I, I I was tweeting about this on after the, the week two win when people still had plenty of issues over Sam Bradford and when Adrian Peterson had just been lost for the season so it wasn't a front running team then it was a team that has since proven what they are, which is, for me, a fun-to-watch team. Are they perfect? No, but I kind of like that about them, too. And for a lot a lot of things for me, wow. it starts with Mike Zimmer, and it starts with someone like Sam Bradford, who I've never been able to root for 
in the NFL, I find that to be a different situation now. And it's like last week you stay, you take Stefan Diggs out. Doesn't matter. Someone else steps up. I just like the way that they operate from week to week. They are fun for me to watch, and that's my vote. Well, forget <laughs> forget just after week two, which, which you're right. This was a team that you were honking about in August. And, of course, you know, the injury to Teddy Bridgewater – shook some people's confidence in terms of what is the upside of this team. But that's why, to me, that they're so exciting is because of the story, because of the people they're missing, and because they keep fighting. And, Wes, you you said that you were going to go back and rewatch uh, the Minnesota Vikings and the Oakland Raiders and uh, see if you could formulate an opinion that maybe would allow you to vote for one of these teams. Uh, what were your thoughts after rewatching the five Minnesota games? So Friday, I went into my lair. Mm. Tried to get some findings like you do. Mm-hmm. Dialed up Game Pass. And, you know, I, I quite enjoyed it. And part of it was messages I was getting on Twitter and our subreddit from very sweet, thoughtful, charming Vikings fans. Basically saying, please, you know, excuse the, the people who have been idiots. And we'd <laughs> just like you to consider our team out of the kindness of your heart. And the, they were very gracious messages, and I took that into consideration. And I enjoyed the games, and I thought, I'm going to go along with this. I'm not going to be a stick in the mud. I'm going to go along with it. And that was my mindset throughout the weekend. And then last night, put on the Texans-Vikings game. The stadium is glorious. Yes. Mm. The sun coming in for a Sunday afternoon game. It's glorious. And the helmets, top five helmet in the National Football League. Hmm. <laughs> I'm already getting a little warmed up to this team. And Cordell Patterson reaching his entire body for the goal line. You can see that every member on this team wants it on every play. What put it in and made this organic for me, that I'm not just going along. I caught Vikings fever. When Sam Bradford took that hit right as he was throwing, Yes. when he took that hit and looked like the the toughest quarterback in the NFL at that time, I'm like, I'm on board. I'm on board these Vikings. They are exactly what Mark said they were. And for charges of front running, that's fine. You can say I'm jumping on board when they're 5-0. and Mark saw it when they were 2-0. and He saw it in the summer. And Mark's attitude that Sunday night when he kicked his foot up on the table is the Vikings' attitude. I'm doing this. I don't care whether you guys go along. I'm doing this. I don't need you, and the Vikings don't care. You can take our quarterback. You can take our running back. You can take our number one receiver. You can take our tackles. We're doing this, and I'm doing it, Mark. I'm on board with the Vikings. (laughs) Love it. Now, would this have anything to do with uh, you getting a uh, bouquet of flowers and a balloon and <laughs> That's chocolate? That's right. I was wondering. Bear. I was waiting for that to come Is up. Is it that easy to buy Chris Wessling? That's the question I have to ask. Well, i got to ask the question. It, well, that was a nice gesture, and it was a nice card. It was a teddy bear and flowers and From some Vikings fans. From Vikings fans, and it was basically the same message. Sorry, don't let a few – and this was something I had already thought. I already thought the line – I remember my senior year of high school, our principals said this about a couple of students. We're not going to let a few rotten apples spoil the whole bunch. And I thought that over the weekend, and I was like, yeah, let's get past the rotten apples. And the card that these Vikings sent me said the exact same line. Right. Please don't let a few rotten apples spoil the and whole there bunch. There you go. I mean, in our defense, we've been telling you that for weeks as well. Right. But I was sticking up for you guys, too. I wasn't just doing yeah. it for myself. Uh, and week coming out of week five, I, I don't know when we've picked these teams in the past, but this is not an outrageous uh, time frame. We've come to a decision potentially. Now, let me now. Now, on the other side of things. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along. Swaggering voicelessly. Now, let me tell you something. I see the writing on the wall here. And I'm not going to be a jerk about this. I think the Vikings are a, a fun team to get excited about. So who am I to stand in the way and, and, and throw a fit about this? So, uh, yes, if, if it comes to it, I can get behind the Vikings. But before that happens, I want to make sure it's clear that everyone knows that the Raiders, in a lot of ways, were the ideal team of ATL for this year. I'll tell you why. First of all, they're 4-1, and one, and they win games in a fun, exciting way. Now, there are different ways to look at the team ATL. One is to get into the lab and see uh, what you like about how they play defense, offense, 
the the way certain elements about how the team looks on a week to week basis. And then there's another way to look at it: which team, despite not being the most talented, the Vikings potentially are a Super Bowl team. The Raiders aren't going to sniff the Super Bowl, I don't think, this season. But they are a fun team. They have wins of 35-34, 28-27, and 34-31. Uh, one of those wins, of course, on a two-point conversion try with seconds rem- remaining in the game. Another one where Lady Luck steps in and, and uh, botches a, a snap on a field goal. If you turn on the Raiders this season, you're going to get a fun game from a team on the rise with an exciting young quarterback. And you want to get excited about Sam Bradford now being back in, in Minnesota and now things are starting to click for him. Well, I got Derek Carr, who's a second-round pick, who's emerging as a star, star player. Uh, you have uh, – talent on both sides of the ball the defense obviously is not a great great defense but they are making strides they're four and one they're winning games Lil Debbie of course is involved I think that is something that should not pass we're gonna go against the team that Lil Debbie has fought for she sent out another tweet on Sunday uh, defending her Raiders and finally well two more points Jack Del Rio to me, the new Riverboat Ron after what he did in week one. Black Jack favorite, Del Rio. What Black Jack Del Rio is one of my favorite one of my favorite things I've ever seen a coach do was going for two. Does it every week? week did one. it last week against the Chargers? This is nothing new. Spot. He is Blackjack, and uh, we got behind Riverboat Ron a few years back for the very reason. Uh, a guy that's not afraid to be different, think outside the box. And lastly, and Mark was on uh, the Vikings in the preseason, but the Raiders are the only team out of the four that was picked before the season started. I thought before the season this team was going to be um, a team to be excited about, and they absolutely were. So it doesn't look like we're going to pick them, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't have picked them. Um, that is my side on this. I admire you. I admire you. You have nothing to hang your head about here. You knew last week that it was probably going to be Vikings or nothing, and you went along with it, but you continued your campaign. You have not wavered. <laughs> You have tweeted a lot of stuff out. You have stayed supporting the Raiders. I think that speaks strongly to your character. We also Thank you, Wes. I appreciate that. We also have a lot of support for the Raiders on our subreddit. In fact, they, were, they won a vote in terms of the team uh, that we should go with. So, yes, there are reasons. I'm still going to root for the Raiders. I think they're a fun team, only not in a, a hardcore way because I'm a Jets fan, so I don't really split things like that. But I know that you're in for an exciting game with the Raiders. Greg, your thoughts? Oh, I, I love the Raiders. I love having the Raiders beaten – Back in the mix. Like, I love their fan base. I love their uniforms. I love everything about them. You know, they don't get me quite as excited for whatever reason than the Vikings. But the Little Debbie argument is the, is the tough one. I do feel <laughs> like we, we need to figure that out. Maybe she can be the official rapper of the Around the NFL podcast or something. I feel like we might be burning a bridge here. I hope not. Well, she I, still likes us. I don't think that it that voting for the Vikings is a no. is is a non is against the Raiders either because the Raiders would I flip side I thought that this Vikings thing was burning down I would have not had a problem going Raiders either I I I think this is a, more about consensus than it is making a statement about the Oakland Raiders because they have been everything you said is true about them and it can't be taken away, and you have been on that train from the start, and we're not looking to burn bridges uh, with Little Debbie or our host. So, you know, <laughs> there's issues out there, but it's really about this group's try to come to an agreement, and that's well, been more the issue than are the Raiders worthy. They certainly are. Too much, yeah, I mean, like I said, the team of ATL, I just want us to pick a team. I, I have a team. They're the Jets. So uh, this is all secondary to me. Um, so let's now officially, uh, well, let's make it. Uh, a certified uh, all in favor of the Minnesota Vikings as the 2016 team of around the NFL say yay, 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 yay. <laughs> all opposed. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh, some Raiders fans in the crowd. Wow, not, not happy. Or for Dan. That effort got booed. Uh, so your official. Team of Around the NFL 2016 is the Minnesota Vikings. They will effectively lose 11 in a row. <laughs> I the one yeah, and now that they're picked and all that's good. I just want to say one other thing. You know, this team high up in the pain rankings for a reason. They they break their fan bases hard every year. But again, we're not trying to pick a Super Bowl winner here. No. no. Uh, so that might even if they do break hearts again, 
if that happens in the AFC, NFC divisional playoffs, it doesn't mean it's a. You know what? Every team of ATL is broken. They're not a, by the end. They're of the not year. a perfect team. If they end up twelve and four or eleven and five, that means they're going to go seven and four. You know, six and five the rest of the way. There's going to be some ups and downs. It's, this team, it's about the journey. Yeah, it's there about we want to be along for the ride. On Get on that team. ride. We want to be along for the ride. Now, I would like to see some type of town hall now with Wes and the critics all get together and maybe a kumbaya moment. Is that is that possible we can do that? Why would I want to do that? I don't know. What now, now that you're on board with the Vikings, you guys are one in the same, you and these uh, these Cretans that you speak of, maybe now you could break bread together. <laughs> do you even know me? I do know you very well. <laughs> right. Why? They don't need to be in my life. I'm not trying to have Cretans in my life. That's what the block button's for, Dan. Okay. Life is too short to deal with Cretans. <laughs> well, you did. <laughs> you did come around to pick the Vikings. I mean, you were very strong against that at some, certain points, so maybe this would turn to, I don't know. It's a brave new world. Wes, you're in on the Vikings. Those people do not exist in my world anymore, Dan. <laughs> the world, I mean, the world is crazy. The Around the League podcast has chosen a team led by Sammy Bradford as the team it, that they want to choose. The world's, everything's well, changing. And it's exciting to watch. So you guys chose. I see oh, Dan. This is what we oh, talked about, though. Oh, this is what oh, we talked about. <laughs> no, I'm on board. Yeah, I'm well, totally on board. And I know Mark's phobia is that, like, they'll go on a losing streak and we'll all lash out at him. I promise I won't do that. I'm on board this team because I think they're exciting. Well, I That's thought good. that you almost tongue kissed Mark when you were doing your little speech, so I thought I figured you're not going to turn on him. Hey, that was that came from a natural place. There is some natural heat coming from Dan too, and it is on my radar, and I am concerned. <laughs> I am it's, on board with the Vikings. You but don't get to make snide comments all the time. I could do whatever I want. This is your uh, team now. I will say this though, you guys. The reason why I was, you know, one of the reasons I was not all the way on board was because Sam Bradford. So hopefully he doesn't turn into a pumpkin. That's all. I'm on board. Let's hope everything works out here. Uh, well, you should go down into your own layer and see what findings you come up with. I found him. I found him the first seven years of Sam Bradford's career in the NFL. <laughs> we'll see. Let's hope. Let's hope everything's good now. Just don't want us to have egg on our faces collectively. That's all. Well, I, this it, attitude it, that you are yeah. displaying right now <laughs> if we have egg is in not our faces, befitting the team of ATL. Right. If we have egg in our faces, you will somehow have it on the three yeah. of our faces while you ride off in a you know a cream colored Porsche mean, towards your house Mark, or something. Cream colored Porsche. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> You're part of this, right? Mark talked about uh, you know winning a Super Bowl. Maybe wouldn't. The, the elation wouldn't last long. I think it took 15 seconds for <laughs> the community feeling after choosing the team of ATL to fall apart. Hey, I voted. I'm in. But, you know, once upon a time, Wes voted for the Chargers. Yeah. All right. I didn't, I well, didn't like that. This is ominous stuff coming from you. <laughs> Let the record show that you voted for the like, Vikings last week before I did, and now you're the holdout. I'm not a holdout. This I voted. Is, it's done. Emotionally, you're like, a holdout. Oh, well, that's different. This is but like I the, cast sit, my vote. the sitcom cliffhanger where you finally learn who gets together to end the season and then they start the very next season within the first five minutes it's all like oh no actually that's you know what it, you know what it really sure is yet. it you know what it, just like you were saying mark and you're saying you know go have a nice day you pick who you want i'm gonna be riding the vikings i'm still in the raiders corner but as a group i'm you know yeah well the second part of that instruction was don't join the vikings scenario if you're going to be you know <laughs> i'm here well, we'll find out if you're here. Oh, I'm You're just here. doing it for the show. I'm here. Oh, this is absurd. Um, Dan is now dancing around <laughs> in his seat. <laughs> All right. So there you go, everybody. You can stop tweeting us about how annoying the team of ATL is and uh, how what's taking so long. We're done. The Vikings are the team of ATL for 2016. And you know what? Get the studio audience out of here. Okay. <laughs> Such anger. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Moving on. Finally, the t Thursday night preview. Uh, yes, we alluded to it earlier, or we spoke about it earlier. Um, there will be no Gary Kubiak on the sidelines for the Broncos. Um, it will be Jolton Joe instead when the Broncos try to uh, get back uh, to their winning ways after a loss in Week 5. They take on the San Diego Chargers in San Diego. Uh, so here, uh, Mark Sessler is a matchup uh, between two teams coming off losses but still in very different places uh, on the NFL spectrum right now. Your initial thoughts about this game? I think it's a, a very different Broncos team right out of the gate if you get Trevor Simeon in over Paxton Lynch, who was a 
picture of dangerous downfield lobs into coverage last week. Simeon's not been doing the same thing if they get him back at healthy. And if you get, you know, Donald Stevenson back at right tackle, which was a major issue for them last year. They made the Atlanta last week, they made the Atlanta Falcons look like the 1986 Giants. So, you know, you're you're dealing uh, it's a game against a banged up Chargers team and you're not going to get picked on the way Matt Ryan did throwing it to the best backfield combination in the league short and mid-range passes eating up the middle of your defense for big yardage. It's a different situation. I appreciate you throwing out the 86 Giants because everyone always just says the 85 Bears whenever they're looking for kind of the – they I made, him, they made the them look thing. that. I saw that on Monday night. Everyone's always like, they made them look like the 85 Bears. You went so Way to mix different. it up. All right. Way to mix it up. Big year for Wes and I. <laughs> if you ever talk about the 78 Falcons, then we can really get into it. Whoa! Wow, <laughs> seven day Falcons the reference. Like that. You don't hear that too often. That would be that would see that would have been an even better reference, Mark. No, it would have been yeah. worse because nobody would have known and it would have fallen on deaf ears. Uh, this this Broncos team is is a proud group, and they haven't been able to stop the run lately. And I think they're going to look at this Chargers team and not really be too afraid of Melvin Gordon, who's not really the runner that we expected Uh-oh. coming out of college. He's kind of the opposite. He's pretty good in the passing game. He's a tough runner that runs over people, but he doesn't make anyone miss. The Chargers are only going to beat them by throwing the ball a lot. Which is problematic. And right, and it's tough for any team to do that against Denver. If the if people thought the Falcons provided a blueprint, the Chargers don't have the personnel to follow suit. They are best when they pass, like you said, which fits right into what the Broncos want you to do, drop back to pass so they can unleash Von Miller, Shaq Barrett, Shane Ray, and then their three cornerbacks who are really shut down corners. Melvin Gordon doesn't have the skill set of, of Tevin Coleman or Devonta Freeman. They're not gonna, he's not going to burn your linebackers down the sideline. No, but I, I think the Chargers can keep it close. Th- this is one of those teams you said you're going to still root for the Raiders. I root for the Chargers every week. I still really like this team. I find them entertaining. I think they have good players. Their games are obviously always close. It's sad how they blow every game. Joey Bosa was fun to watch last week. He made a huge impact. Melvin Ingram's playing really well. They have this young kid, Jatavis Brown, who came in for Manti Teo. That's an upgrade. That did not hurt them at all, losing Manti Teo. They've got, they've got players on this team. Tyrell Williams make, has made a lot of plays for them this year. Rivers is playing well. It's not a bad roster. They could easily be 3-2, and 4-1. and one. But they are, not the, the, they are not a diverse offense in the way that what Atlanta can do so many different oh, things. And that, that really was a matchup game for me. If you look at the Chargers, they use simply one-back sets. Almost 75% of the time, they're in three wide receiver sets in such a majority that that's essentially their attack. But they haven't had gates, and they had the gates and Henry offense last week. Hunter Henry's good. I don't know what we're getting out of Antonio Gates, but he did make some a couple catches last week. If you're going to beat them, maybe maybe it's picking on the the linebackers with those two tight ends. You want to check in, by the way, on uh, Wes's uh, desert consigliere, Mr. Spice Rack, gets back on the show. If Melvin Gordon runs for a thousand yards, what's he on pace for? Well, he's on pace for thirteen hundred total yards. But what we said was rushing yards, and he, right now he is off the pace, not by much. He's on pace for nine hundred and fifty-seven rushing yards. Ooh. So spicy, right on the cusp. Will we ever hear from him again? Mm-hmm. That's up to the San Diego Chargers. He's on pace for twenty touchdowns, though. <laughs> right, <laughs> he's been a great. We, might, we he, might have to let Spice Track come on the show if he gets rules twenty rules. He's been right, a great he gets, uh, this? fantasy pickup. If he gets a thousand yards rushing or twenty touchdowns, <laughs> Elvin Gordon. <laughs> Thanks uh, for your large yes. Yeah, Spice Rack back on the show. Um, anyway, so does anyone uh, believe that San Diego will get over the mm. hump in this game and get back to their winning ways? Uh, and is Trevor Simeon playing? By the way, he's expected to, but we don't know for sure. Because that was a big loss, as it turned out. He's practicing, and he's you know they had him in shoulder pads today to that, try to see what he could do with full range of motion. Like the fashion that. shoulder pads. Well, like it's a, it was a non padded practice, so he was the only one. So maybe they're trying to simulate. They, they got to get not women's fashion of a. No, it was not a not like a Hillary Clinton esque like pantsuit shoulder pad scenario. Save it for the political podcast, Mark. Coming up. Oh, I got some stuff for that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anybody? All right. Uh, anybody going to pick? The San Diego Chargers speak now or forever hold your peace. Come on, Greg. You know you want to. Come on, Greg. Do I'm it. Not, I'm not going to do it just for the sake of it. It wouldn't surprise me, but no. I'm not going to do it. They'll you find don't get they'll to find add it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, what I don't believe it. I don't believe they'll win. I believe they'll find a way to lose another close game and that mm. Mike McCoy will be leading the top of our next pod 
well, actually, there will be a whimpering man will, in his future. I, I have a feeling that he's probably going to lose <laughs> his job if he, they lose this game. I don't think that's a bold statement. Ian Rappaport and other insiders have Five. alluded to that. Southern California looking right now. Mike McCoy's home. <laughs> Why does it bother you so much? This it time? is very disturbing. I think it's funny. Is it the idea of flesh melting? Well, it's like you know, Wes and many others were offended by dogs yelping. I care right. about humans. Being, but this sounds like you know, a burned. fake. This sounds like a fake whimper, and that's why I find it funny. <laughs> this is someone that you occasionally see at league events. He, by all accounts, is a you know, is a great offensive coordinator and a good guy. And we're simulating him being burned in a fire. It's slightly burned uncomfortable. As an analogy for him losing his job. Right, so you're that, big on that, which doesn't help. You're big on that. You're big on let's treat these guys like humans, uh, like anybody else losing their jobs. You're huge on that, Greg. I am ninety percent of the time. He's so big on that. <laughs> you love that. You're like, oh, well, we shouldn't talk about this guy because he's got a family. I am. Right. I, am I am hardly right, that guy. Him off the list. I am hardly <laughs> that guy. <laughs> I feel for those poor Chargers fans. That's who's burning. I Give do. them something to root for. Win this game. I think they can win it. They, they can absolutely win it. Do you know it. what I would love? Pick them, Greg. They're going to win the game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just completely snow-jobbed Greg. Yeah. That's fantastic. I also would love to what see NFL media research. What is the, the you know, for, since Thursday night football started, the uh, the percentage of the home team winning? It seems well, like a huge advantage the, uh, yeah. yearly. I think there's a couple things happening. Like the Chargers so desperately need – this and they all know it. There's not a sing- even even their laughing kicker knows it. They need to get this thing. Hey, oh, Lombo, Lombo the laugher. You're not Old asking Johnny Chuckles. <laughs> You're not oh, asking. Nice miss, see- buddy boy. <laughs> hey, Chuckles hey, Bass, get over here. <laughs> the old chum. He is back in the mix at an unlikely time. Why did I cue that up? Uh, you're not asking a team to go from Jacksonville to San Diego. It's Denver, but I think this is Denver's I like Mark game. Try to recover. I am trying to. This is. We talk about the Vikings overcoming stuff. This is Denver's game with an interim coach for one game and a quarterback that's coming off injury probably isn't fully healthy yeah. on any level. This is their way to show people on national television we are that AFC version of that. <laughs> what? I'm attempting to distribute information to the listener. In absolute chaos. No thanks to hey, you. Hey, Janikowski. I really respect what you've done in your career. <laughs> Why does his voice just get a lot faster? I don't know. It's Johnny Chuckles. I mean, Johnny Chuckles is a total wild card. What's in his system or his bloodstream? We don't know. <laughs> a lot of cocaine. Um, all right. That's it. So, Greg, you took the charges. Good I, I did. Got yeah. to Gotta hear it about Wes. Wes, are you still alive in our survivor pool? I forgot to turn in my pick last week. I was Woo! alive until then. Zeuser advances. <laughs> I completely Not forgot that move. was in my life. Okay. I might have won. We'll see what happens. Uh, we will be back on Thursday night uh, with the recap of the Denver at San Diego uh, matchup and then a full preview of all the week six games. And uh, once again, I must thank all the listeners. We have to. Uh, salute you. Our downloads continued to grow. Uh, we are really, uh, the audience is almost doubled now from where it was last year. So thank you. Continue help spreading the word of the Around the NFL podcast. Wes? We had a very nice Packers fan who sent us a wheel of nice cheeses and sausages. <laughs> Her name was Julie. People thank are, you, Julie. They're too nice. I love that. It actually prompted a um, a missive from a shadowy league figure. Said, it did. You know, be careful about some of these gifts. You might have to declare them with other shadowy league figures. We have this Orwellian plan in our life called a compliance plan where we have to <laughs> declare all gifts over X amount of dollars. It's it's really no one would have no one would have thunk this up outside of a novel. A hundred. Well, it's years not ago. unusual for a, for um, a media company to to have that rule. But I think if we are gi- we've given, I don't even want the meats and cheeses. I appreciate the gesture, but I can't eat them. So my portion went to other various people. At that point, if it did cross the price barrier, it certainly came back down under. I think if you give part of the gift away oh, to yeah. people in the office, you, you chip it off the final cost. Mm. All right. Anyway. so Mark, yeah. That was Mark's subtle way of saying send some raw food next time. Yeah. Well, no, don't send raw food through the mail. <laughs> or if a shadowy league figure is listening to this, I am not involved with <laughs> right this. Then. Yeah. I have not taken any of the goods. All right. We'll be back with the goods, Greg. <laughs> Thursday night. Until then, uh, this is Dan Hansa signing off for the Quiet Storm. The mailman, the boss, and the wonderful Lacid behind the glass. Man, these Vikings better be worth it. Hill Thursday. <laughs> <laughs>
into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you